do we celebrate today? I think part of the answer to that question is that we are remembering a historical event. The event that Jim so beautifully read about in the Acts of the Apostles. When at the Harvest Festival of Shavuot, everyone gathered together in Jerusalem. And there in Jerusalem, the Holy Spirit descended as tongues of fire on each of the disciples, and the miraculous happened. They went out and they proclaimed the good news of Jesus in all different languages. This festival drew people from all over the Mediterranean world, and they spoke different languages, and they all heard about Jesus in the language that was most familiar to them. This some people call the beginning of the church. Some people say that today, Pentecost is the birthday of the church. I remember a couple Sundays at my home church where they would actually create a birthday cake for the church and sing happy birthday to the church on that day. I think people really just wanted cake, but uh, we'll pretend that there was a spiritual reason for it. So every year we gather together we remember, we celebrate, and we take up the church's song, Come, Holy Spirit, Come. We long for a similar outpouring in each of our own lives. For the past 50 days, we have celebrated the resurrection. We have talked about it, what it means that the tomb was empty. We have reveled in the power of new life that was offered because of Easter Day. But it's actually the advent of the Holy Spirit on this day that makes that new life available to us. In the coming of the Holy Spirit, the renewal of life found in the empty tomb is made possible. The Spirit puts the resurrection's power into action. It makes it available to us. The Holy Spirit is a very difficult thing to speak about. I had trouble in preparing this sermon because it's hard to find words. Our scriptures aren't exactly explicit when it comes to the scriptures. You know, we hear a lot about the first two persons of the Trinity. We hear a lot about God the Father. And then we hear a lot about God the Son. But when it comes to the Spirit... We just get snippets here and there. And we try to put them together like a quilt so we can get an idea of what the Holy Spirit is like. But we don't have a whole chapter of the Bible or even a whole book of the Bible devoted to the Spirit. But today, in our scripture lessons, we heard a few things. One is that Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the Spirit of truth. The Spirit reveals the truth to us. And this is so important in our world where answers to questions seem elusive. When we can't seem to figure out the right way forward, the Spirit reveals the truth to us. I think part of the Spirit of truth, how I make sense of it in my mind, is growing up in the way of thinking of growing up. We talked about the inspiration of the scriptures, but that was a historical event. It was almost as if 
God spoke to somebody's ear and then they wrote down exactly what they heard. But I remember one of my priests saying, the more important inspiration is when you pick up the Bible and you read the Bible and the Spirit comes into that interaction there and reveals the truth to you in that moment. That's what it means to be the Spirit of truth. Jesus also calls the Holy Spirit the Advocate. And I love this image of God our Advocate. The Holy Spirit, the person who is on our side, who presents our case, who is there for us, the Holy Presence that bridges the gap between earth and heaven. I think of the Holy Spirit as the Advocate sort of filling in for us when we don't know what to do or say. In another part of the letter to the Romans, Paul writes, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our own weakness, for we don't know how to pray as we ought, but the very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. The Spirit, our Advocate, speaks on our behalf and puts all of those things that we can't form into words into words for us. In that letter to the Romans, we heard part of it today, and Paul writes that the Spirit is not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of adoption. Not a spirit of anxiety and worry, but a spirit of belonging. It is in the coming of the Holy Spirit that we find our true home, our true place of being, a place that can never be taken away from us. So there are these scriptural illusions, but it doesn't give us a very robust picture in the way that we can see Jesus' actions, we hear his parables, we can think of God in the creation stories. So most of our understanding of the Spirit is experiential. Most of how we know what the Spirit is like is how we have felt the Spirit move in our lives and how we have heard about the Spirit moving in those lives around us, this numinous presence, this sacred indwelling. Maybe you can think of spirit-filled moments when God has felt closer to you than your own breath. It might have been something solitary like walking through the woods on a hike and coming across an amazing vista. Yesterday, a few of us gathered in the parish hall to watch our intern CJ be ordained and made a priest at the Cathedral of St. Paul. And you could feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in that moment. There have been moments here at Trinity when the Spirit has felt incredibly present. I remember our homecoming Sunday last fall. It was sort of the first big celebration when we had been able to get together post-COVID. And we all felt God's presence so here, so near, so with us. I've heard many of you say that another time you feel the Spirit present is when we sing, I am the bread of life, 
and you see holy hands lifted up in praise, and God is present and here with us. And these moments are good places to be. When we feel the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. I'm reminded of the story of the Transfiguration when they go up into the mountain and Jesus is transfigured into his holiness. And Peter says, you know what? Jesus, let's build some houses here because it's good to be here. But we know that didn't happen. We can't always stay in those moments. So we're left with the question of how do we manifest these spirit moments? How do we make the Holy Spirit more present among us? I don't know about you, but for me, when something is wrong, I always blame myself first. And it's not sort of the best habit, but there is sort of an inward direction that we can turn and we can look. Perhaps not with blame, but but with examination. There's something here. There's sort of an attitude or a posture that we can adopt to make ourselves more open to the working of the Spirit. Now, I don't know exactly what that posture or attitude is, but it has something to do with vulnerability, something to do with an emptiness. I think it's a form of letting go, a letting go of preconceived notions, a letting go of preoccupations with ourselves and the world around us, a letting go of the need to control the need to control how God comes to us, how the circumstances are in our lives, exactly which part of ourselves God is allowed into, because God doesn't come in ways that we expect. Consider the nativity. Who thought Jesus would come as a little baby in the altar? Or consider today. I mean, it's kind of crazy. We, we, we normalize the story because we hear it every every year, but who would have thought God would have come down in little tongues of fire on everyone? God always comes in unexpected ways, ways that are unforeseeable. So I think there is this inward turning, this, this perhaps looking for something to do, but more than that, more than something we can do or be or manifest, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit really is a gift from God. It's a holy grace from above, and perhaps the best that we can do is just ask. Ask God to send the Holy Spirit among us with words, with the silent utterances, with song, within the beauty of how we decorate this place, we ask God to send the Holy Spirit among us, to renew the face of the earth, to fill us with the new life of resurrection. We must state our need in the divine presence. And our need right now is great. Our world is so very uncertain plagued by strife, violence, greed, and poverty. I'm sure all of you have felt the devastation of the gun violence in our communities, in schools, 
in grocery stores, in people just going about their lives over the past few weeks. Come, Holy Spirit, come. We have been distant from one another. The pandemic has made us distant from one another. Political strife has made us distant from one another. Racism, inequality, inflation has made us different, distant from each other. Come, Holy Spirit, come. And then there are the struggles of our own personal lives. The worries that we care about that we may only know about. Our worries about our financial future, about relationships with families and friends, about what the next year will hold for us. The struggles of physical things and we cry out, come, Holy Spirit, come, because all of these things leave us parched. All of them leave us with a deep longing and desire, and today, on this day, on this day of Pentecost, we long for new life. And so together, let us join our voices. Let us take up the call of the church and simply ask, saying, Come, Holy Spirit, come.